0: Well, hi, everybody. I'm Rick Dancer. Uh, welcome to my little show. <laughs> this is Get Real with Rick Dancer. And uh, the reason I called it Get Real when I started this, I used to be a journalist. Um, I'm almost ashamed to admit that. Um, tonight, I'm going to just be really honest with people because um, the, uh, journalists are selling out. <clears throat> They're not doing their job. And I probably won't end up posting this on Facebook because uh, they're so tender uh, and, and, and they love to censor people. Um, <clears throat> I was listening to Joe Rogan this morning and he was having a conversation with a, a journalist <clears throat> who's a very liberal man. And he was saying the same thing. What happened to the journalism when I got into this and when most people got into this, you, you get into journalism because you want to challenge the status quo. You want to you want to you to tell the stories of the bad guys that are, are screwing people over and taking their money or, or you know, you want to keep the government accountable. That's your job. Um, and and now journalists have become part of the propaganda machine. And even liberal people are starting to see this. It's not just people like me. Um, There are people who really do notice it. And for those of you who don't, I would have to ask the question, what the hell are you doing? How can you not see what is going on? I mean, where is the apologies? Okay. Where, like, let's just take the Hunter Biden story. Um, What, that was a complete fabrication Uh, The the cover-up was a complete fabrication. Now everybody knows it. Liberal journalists know it. But nobody comes in and says, oh, by the way, we were wrong. And so then you wonder why your your trust level is at an all-time low. You have no trust of people because you don't do your damn job. So you're too worried about fitting in and getting, climbing the corporate ladder of the media world, getting that job, that show, that you don't even do your job. And all you do is kiss ass. That's not a journalist and people know it and they're onto you. And the problem is this can't work. Rogan in this conversation this morning, he was being so blatantly um, honest and it was awesome Uh, because he's saying, you know, how do you, how do you get up in the morning go to work knowing you're not even doing anything, that you're, you're, you're repeating nothing. And, and where are the people calling out, you know, even during the dark time, the pandemic? You know, we, I think it's pretty obvious now from, from the recent studies that the mask is horseshit. It didn't work. Their studies say it didn't do any difference with the mask and not a mask. And still I saw a lady today at a restaurant here in Montana walking in with this mask. And I used to be tolerant of it and think, you know, hey, whatever you want to do, if you want to do it, it's your business. But I guess there's this part of me that just goes, you're falling for, you know, you've got fear. You're just falling for the propaganda. And it doesn't even, you know, how long did they keep us in masks? Kathy and I were talking about that when we lived in Oregon. How long, the stupidity, of some of it. Okay, let's go back and remember some of this. Bill London, I've got Bill London coming up in a little bit. And oh, my sponsors tonight are Chris Daniel Family Dentistry, where he believes that everybody should have the right to speak their mind and say what they want to say. Also, BS Free MD, They'll be along in a little bit to tell you what's coming up on their podcast this week. Those two are a couple of wonderful radicals as well. And then Bill London's going to have some news. And what I'm going to do with Bill, I'm going to roll it and then I'm going to pause it and I'm going to comment because he's got some stuff on there. That's just absolutely insane. And I cannot resist the temptation to do this. Um, Yeah, It has to do with natural gas and all that kind of stuff. But, but where are the journals? What are they, how are they going to survive? Um, If you don't have the trust of people, if you can't back come out and apologize, what are you? You're, you're nothing. You're a mouthpiece. So let's go back to the pandemic. I remember, Kathy and I were talking, I remember going to my barber, Mario, <clears throat> at Renegade, when I could get a haircut, finally. And he had on a surgical outfit, surgical gloves, duct tape around the middle of it. Um, he had it, surgical pants on. He had plastic uh, duct tape wrapped around the bottom so in case any air got up inside there. A mask plus a full shield. <laughs> and he thought it was stupid, but that was the rules. That's what the government came up and health leaders, and I call, I call that you know health leaders, suck-ups, That's what they came up with. And then my tattoo artist, Jake Williams, had to do the same thing. And they're sweating like pigs in there, um, all to prevent the spread of this virus. And it's like, oh my God, think back. I mean, honestly, how long we were in masks. And, And the stupidity of walking in to a restaurant in a mask, and then you sit down and magically you can take it off to drink your beer or have your food. But if you get up to go to the bathroom, you have to put the mask back on. (laughs) Now, I guess the mask is, or the the virus only attacks you at at a height level. So if you're a little person or crawling to the bathroom, I guess you wouldn't have to put on your mask. But this is the sort of stuff that, that, that that nobody called and nobody questioned. I mean, some of us did, yes. But I'm talking about the media didn't even question and go in and look up why, where were there? I saw the facts. I saw information. There were people out there talking, but we censored them. And that's what Rogan and them were talking a lot about today um, was the censorship of, of information. And because of that censorship, we made a lot of mistakes and our leaders took, took on responsibilities that were not theirs to take on. And out of fear we, we, we did it. We, we followed along. We follow the leader. And, you know, I, I just, I, I worry for journal. I don't worry. I, you know what, you know what I love about the whole thing is now there's people like me and there's other kids who have no experience, but they're out there asking hard questions and they're, they've got more ratings than CNN. <laughs> Joe Rogan has more ratings than anybody. And they don't have a big CNN studio and what, you know, the ratings in CNN are just in the toilet right now. And, and all TV stations, I'm sure are suffering. Their ratings were going down when I left. That's why I left. I saw the writing on the wall while that, and I needed to find out who I really was. I mean, when I, when I started get real with Rick Dancer is because I needed to find the real Rick Dancer, not the K E Z I Rick Dancer or the, the one that, I uh, was in journalism thinking it was doing something when, you know, I mean, I think I did some things, but it was, you know, overall it was kind of a, a bunch of horse shit. Um, but, you, you know, I think we all, so so, what do we do? We need to start asking questions a lot. And we need to stop playing the game. I mean, come on, you know, and 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 quit falling for stuff. I mean, do your research. When somebody brings up, you know, something like, We'll go ask the questions. What what are those people really doing about that issue? In fact, Bill's going to have something in his newscast tonight to talk about that. In fact, let me do that. I'm going to I'm going to run Bill's newscast and then I will be stopping it uh, because there are some points that I want to make while he's talking. And then we'll uh, hear from uh, May and, and Tim in just a couple of minutes, too. So hold on here
1: good evening from the news radio 11:20 a.m and 93.7 fm kpnw studios i'm chigger mcgee and uh, i co-host the wake up call 6 a.m to 9 monday through fridays on this fine radio station and by the way this look at the news is brought to you by dr michael Bratland, chris dental he's a doctor he's, he's not you know one of these bachelors of dentistry's he's a doctor he don't settle for less all right Here's a look at some of the stories we're following. Well, remember we told you that the Eugene City Council voted to not let people vote on whether to ban new natural gas infrastructure in the city of Eugene.
0: What? The city council tries to ban natural gas, and now they don't want the they vote to not let the public vote on it. What? Are you kidding me? So you as people who live in Eugene and Springfield, I know it doesn't impact Springfield, but it's gonna, if this, if this goes through, you need to be knocking on their door and saying, what in the hell are you thinking? <laughs> you, so as a journalist, where's the TV stations going to the city council and asking the question, where's the Register guard newspaper? Where's the Springfield paper? Going to them and saying, "Why, why what, are you, what are you doing if you don't want them to even vote on it? They're scared. They know you don't want it. They know you're not going to put up with it. And so they don't want you to vote on it. That's why they're doing that. Who's asking the questions? Matt Kendall, the petition is out and folks are signing it. It'll go before the people. Oh, it's going to, because I heard later, well, Bill will explain this. Watch this. He'll tell you what the numbers are. It's only been out, I think the petition has only been out for a week. And listen to this. As part
1: of their incremental move to just completely ban natural gas within the city limits. And environmentalists were loving this idea, saying that, well, it's better this way because doggone it, people don't need that awful, horrible natural gas because they should all be using electricity. Because we say so, because, well, if you stop using natural gas, you won't kill the entire planet.
0: Well, what's it going to do? When you don't have any energy, who's it going to hurt the most? The people that that city council and those environmentalists say they care about the most the poor, people in poverty, not the, the food in, you know, what's, what's that term they use now? Food deprived. I don't know what it is. It's so stupid. We always have to come up with a, make, make things sound better. If you're poor, it doesn't sound better because you call it something different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God. So they're going to suffer the most. People in poverty and the middle class will suffer the most. And that's who these people say that they stand up for. You don't stand up for them. Bullshit.
1: So in less than a week's time, the effort to gather enough signatures to actually put the Eugene natural gas ban on the ballot crossed one threshold. According to the campaign manager for Eugene Residents for Energy Choice, they've already received... 7,400 signatures as of earlier this morning. They need only 600 or make that 6,500 signatures verified, of course, to be Eugene residents to get this thing on the ballot. Committee spokesperson Anne-Marie Levis says that they are going to continue collecting signatures right up to the deadline of March
0: 9th. So they already surpassed it. (laughs) Eugene city council, you know, so, so who does this Eugene city council represent? What are, are, do they think that everybody in that town is a fool that they get to tell people what to do? You know what it is? It's like, it's like, it's, it's like a lot of times people on the progressive far, 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 far left, not my progressive friends. I'm talking about my progressive far, 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 far left thing. We know what's best. You don't trust us. We're smarter than you. And you guys, if you don't believe what we believe, we're going to drag you along, even if it's kicking and screaming, and we'll be better people for it. How, how do I know? Because you have this thing called Measure 110 that passed that's causing more overdoses in your state because you passed 114 to, to limit guns, uh, which is stuck in the federal courts. I mean, yeah, you are so smart. You know so much. Bill, take it away. Um
1: Now, Eugene Residents for Energy Choice is a political action committee with 14 different organizations that are working together to get this issue in front of voters. Um, They include the Eugene Chamber of Commerce, Travel Lane County, along with a number of unions, home builders, construction groups and the like. And their hope is that you are going to see this on the November ballot. you can just simply go if you're in the Eugene area. You live in Eugene. You can go to the Chamber of Commerce or Travel Lane County, and they have petitions on the counter that you can sign.
0: Now, so I know the Springfield Chamber, I think, is also supporting this, and that's because, you know, they're right next door, and, and um, you know, poop has a way of f- coming across the river into the next community. And i sure if I was a person in Springfield— I'd be watching my city council real close because this is one of those feel-good measures. This is one of those feel-good things, like we're so good. And that can, that can jump over the river and start impacting people on that side of the river too. And man, Springfield would be a lot harder place to get that to, to, to go through.
1: So there's a bill under consideration here in Oregon that would give drivers the choice of whether or not they pump their own gas. <sighs>
0: Oh my gosh. No, you can't pump your own gas. I mean, what? what that, that's a radical idea. Who pumps their own gas? I mean, you, you, you'll put people out of work. Oh my God. I mean, nobody else does that like everybody else does that. <laughs> we pump our own gas in Montana. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to do it.
1: House Bill 2426 would require gas stations to offer attended service for the same price as self-service. Supporters are saying, well, this will change the complicated patchwork of rules for pumping gas in Oregon. My God, how hard can it actually be? If you're in rural areas, you can pump your own
0: gas. Oh my god, wait, Bill. And he goes on. He's gonna keep going. It's 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 a gas, it's gas. It's putting gas in your car. The whole ninety percent. I bet it's I bet it's like ninety-five percent of the country pumps their own gas. And here, in Oregon, oh, I can't pump my own gas. How hard
1: is it? <laughs> anyway, there's uh they had their first public hearing on the bill That's yesterday, awesome. and of course it could actually pass that Oregonians are going to be able to pump their own gas. A lot of people are against this, and it was interesting listening <laughs> to the hearing for a simple reason. They don't want to pump their own gas. They say it's difficult. Okay, let's address that. So pumping gas is not very technical. As a matter of fact, it's pretty
0: easy. Now, Bill, I want you to pay attention, everybody. Um, oh, Matt Kendall says it's just Oregon and New Jersey that don't pump their own gas. He, Matt says it's, you'd be surprised how hard it is for people. And they laughs. laugh. You guys, honestly, it's so much easier to do. I mean, I do it. My wife and I do it all the time. I mean, it's, it's, it's faster. You don't have to wait for people. Um, it, it's much quicker. But for those who don't and you're just so worried about this, oh, God, Bill's going to give you a little lesson on how to put one thing into another.
1: Let me give you an example. I'll give you a couple. You simply stick one device into a hole and you squeeze a trigger and magic liquid comes out. (laughs) All right. So here, this is the way this works. Here's a mug. It has, it's a hole. Basically it's a hole. So what do you do? You take this and you put it in the hole. Oh, look. How interesting is that? (laughs) And practical. All right. So here's another one. Here's a pen. Here's a pen cap, which is essentially an enclosed hole. Goes in there.
0: Wow.
1: Then, of course, there's always the obvious. (laughs) Well, use your imagination. Anyway, Oregon, I think you can do this. That is so awesome. I think
0: you've got this. I don't know, Bill. (laughs) I don't know. It's so scary. It's scary out there, Elma. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: Talk a little bit about the bird flu. It wiped out 60 million farm birds over the last year. 60 million. And there's worry that there is going to be another surge coming with the spring migration. Now, the wild flock migration typically starts between February and May. And coupled with inflation, the bird flu has sent prices for eggs and broilers soaring. Let's take a look. A pound of chicken jumped from a buck 62 last January to a dollar 86 this past wow. January that's a 15% increase but a dozen large a eggs skyrocketed from a dollar 93 a dozen last January now this is a national average to 482 this January that is a 150% increase so here's some of the factors that are involved in this it takes longer to recoup egg-laying capacity when a flock is hit with a flu outbreak. The broilers we eat are especially, well, if you will, bred breeds. And farmers say basically that these bread broilers take about eight weeks to get to maturity. So they're chicks, and then eight weeks later, they're ready to go into the broiler. By contrast, It takes about six to eight months to produce a productive egg-laying hen. So the current outbreak, which first hit commercial and backyard flocks last February, has impacted farms in 47 states. That includes Oregon. Usually, the virus would die out over the summer, but this year, no such luck. At this point, the figures, according to agricultural economists, that it has already cost more than one billion dollars that is the current impact on farms so this could get much worse than it already is
0: so rick you'll like this this is a good story so i already listened to the um to bill's broadcast and um this is a funny one so hold on what i'm gonna do i'm gonna hold that for just a second Tim and May are going to come on here for a minute 30, tell you what's coming up on their show, and then we'll get back to Bill. We are discussing non pharmaceutical treatment of migraine. And actually, it was really, it really blew my mind. Uh, it's with a physical therapist who does what's called manual physical therapy. His name is John Otaves, and he is really skilled at his job and actually equally skilled at explaining how it works, which was, I, I found just yes. amazing. And I'm like, how come I, I've done this for 31 years and never heard about it? And, and I'm like, Oh, cause a pharmaceutical company didn't sponsor it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Exactly. How could I be so dumb?
2: It's not the same. So if people are thinking already, Oh, manual physical therapy for headaches, this is cranial sacral, sacral work. No, this is different. Um, which he explains. And, for me as a lifelong migraine sufferer and person that also has some tension and tension headaches in neck, this hit home and really made sense for me. And is something that I think a lot of viewers who, even if they don't get migraine, even if they get tension headache, have upper neck and back stuff that triggers head pain are really gonna re- relate no, to. But so check out John Otave's episode with us coming out this Thursday and have your viewers follow us on Rumble or you can see the video we are putting out videos, at least you're supposed to, on our YouTube channel and getting that updated. Please like and rate our show, which really helps. So thank you. And follow us
0: on Instagram. Okay, it's BS Free MD. They do some really cool stuff, uh, very edgy. Um, they don't post it all on Facebook because Facebook probably wouldn't let them. And I'm not going to be posting this show on Facebook either. Uh, which, by the way, my Facebook update Um, I just found out they, they lessened, uh, what is that when they, they shortened my jail sentence. So I have 10 more days that I can't do lives, but they still say they're throttling my, my stuff for 47 days for something I didn't even do. So yeah, I hope to God that they have to start acting like a publisher and it'll throw the monkey wrench at them. Okay. Back to Bill. This is also a story about
1: Montana. So the state of Montana has filed a federal lawsuit to challenge the city of Portland policy that blocks the transportation of fossil fuels through its borders. Montana Attorney General Otson Knudsen said the ordinance is a violation of the U.S. Constitution that dictates trade policy and severs other states from fuel distribution streams. Now, I love this quote from him. According to Knudsen, he says the Portland government is artificially and intentionally preventing new and expanded infrastructure in order to achieve its politically motivated climate action plan and that, quote, Portland's hypocritical policies kneecap Montana industries and workers from getting our energy products to market.
0: What, how's that? Well, how how different is that from Lane County? You're a nuclear free zone. No one even knows what the hell that means. So in this very environmental county, in this very environmental state, you restrict the cleanest form of energy now you're banning natural gas. Uh, what 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 are you going to do when the electrical grid shuts down? Um, in Montana, we see train loads of coal going through our town. Nobody, we we all realize coal is what makes electricity. Um, so you have your water, but you don't like your dams either. And then here's the bill. Has another story coming up. Here's another hypocritical environmental. Bullshit move and he's going to talk about that in just a second here
1: Well days after Oregon Governor Tina Kotec announced that she needed the Oregon health care budget to grow 32% Because of out of control Costs and increasing costs of health care Lawmakers now want to make that free so if costs are out of control now, how is it making it, and I'm using air quotes here, how is that going to save anybody any money? For instance, Oregon hospitals last year, $300 million in the hole, and some of them in outlying areas which have a hard time getting health care, are talking about folding, some already have. But that hasn't stopped the Senate Health Care Committee hearing Senate Bill 704, which they just did, which directs the state to create a universal health care system. The state explanation says, quote, directs the board to design an administrative structure for the universal health plan, not a or proposed, but the universal health plan, meaning the fixes in, to assess the readiness of public institutions and infrastructure to carry out the plan and so free free health care not really so the lowest income oregonians would be expected to pay a 15 percent income tax and that incrementally goes up depending on how much you make going up much higher for let's say middle class families and so on but don't forget it's free it's free yeah. healthcare. Yeah, Good? free Great. So most cities in Oregon, you know, we hear about this all the time about bringing industry to Oregon and we need to bring industry to Oregon and we need the jobs and we need the growth. Well, it turns out that most cities in Oregon actually lack land suitable for industrial development. And it's not that the land isn't there, it's the infrastructure isn't there and the money to pay for the infrastructure isn't there. So we're talking about things like water, wastewater, some sort of electrical grid. And there's just not enough of that happening on these industrial sites to meet the needs of
0: businesses that might want to come here. I know what you could do because you don't want to have, you don't want to have any power from natural gas or nuclear energy. So um, I wonder how, like, if you could... uh, now you can't use coal either. Uh, maybe batteries. Like they could put a bunch of batteries on this industrial land. Of course, that means that like in Lane County, I think they're like thirty years behind in um, their urban growth boundary expansion and planning. Huh. I wonder if that ties into any of that? Uh, oh, well. Details.
1: That is according to a survey of cities and counties throughout the state taken by the Oregon Business Council, the Oregon Economic Development Association, and the League of Oregon Cities. Of the cities and councils that responded, 57% say they have missed out on multiple opportunities to attract businesses to their cities or counties for one simple reason, because they lack development-ready land. The land is there. It's just not ready to be developed. About only 21% of the total almost 10,000 acres in Oregon that are zoned industrial, that have nothing on them, has actually the infrastructure needed for it to be ready to be developed. For instance, in the city of Albany, Seth Sherry is the economic development manager, and they have had 15 separate companies approach them in the last five years wanting to develop. Only three got past the initial hey we're interested phase but none of them went there because they didn't have the infrastructure to meet the needs according to the survey cities including Eugene Coburg Cresswell Halsey and Vanita have missed out on opportunities for business due to a lack of what they call developable land. For instance, in the city of Eugene, of the 210 acres of undeveloped industrial land in Eugene, only 29% is actually ready for development. Now, this one is so wonderfully ironic. So what have conservationists and environmentalists been saying for years? That is, we need to get rid of automobiles. We need to go to electric automobiles. Well, down just a little bit south of the Oregon border in Nevada, the largest lithium deposit in the United States exists. And once again, environmentalists are seeking an emergency court order to block construction of this Nevada lithium mine after a US judge already directed a federal agency to revisit part of its approval of the plans, but allowed the construction to go forward in the meantime. Four different environmental groups want U.S. District Judge Miranda Dew in Reno to halt any work at a subsidiary of Lithium America's mine near the Oregon border until they can appeal her ruling earlier this month to the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. They don't want it. They say it's bad for the environment.
0: Okay, so I'm going to pop in here real quick, because who's going to finish with that? But, that, but um, there's a bill in Montana right now that would stop, in, um, oh, I don't know if they're environmental groups, uh, hunting. Uh, they, they, they tie up hunting regulations in the courts. So this, would, this bill, I can't remember how much, I think it's half a million. You'd have to be able to put down half a million dollars before you can put out an appeal on something. I think that's what we should do all over the country. Is stop these groups from all that they just use it as stalling techniques and so they get you stuck and you, and so it costs way more money to have timber it costs more money to go hunting because they're fighting these rules when it's like if you have a good case then you should be willing to put half a million dollars down to fight it um and i hope this bill passes in montana and starts people seeing that that's what you need to do for cuz cuz that's all these people do they just want to shut everything down and it makes no sense how the hell do you drive your tesla without with lithium without lithium good god they're not even thinking they don't even care Ugh.
1: what the hell do you think batteries are made out of for these vehicles yep. and if you want more of them you're going to have to have more lithium batteries it's almost as if these groups really aren't interested in anything but having us all live by subsistence farming in mud huts somewhere you're gonna have to give up a little if you want to attain your goals as opposed to okay now everybody says we're going to go to electric vehicles oh no but you can't mine the lithium that goes into the batteries we're not going to let you do that I guess they want the magic fairy cars next. All right, that's a look at the news. Brought to you by our friend, Dr. Michael Bratland at Chris Dental. And that means it's time for Rick to once
0: again get real. Get real, Rick. I already have, Bill, and you're helping me. So that's the stuff we need to start calling out. That's the stuff that journalists, as we go back to the start of this show, journalists need to be calling out the hypocrisy. So how can you drive electric cars if you don't have lithium? So you can't go out and stop all these things. Right? How can you have a, a people like living in homes without dams to create water that that creates power? Um, you need coal to create power. You need natural gas to warm homes. Um, you, you don't get... So when do we as the public... And um, I thought of something, too. I'm not making fun of Oregonians for not pumping their own gas. I'm making fun of the idea that this is impossible. It's That's ridiculous. Um When you go to other states, you pump gas. Everybody can pump gas. But when do we as people, um, not just Oregonians, but Montanans and all of us start saying, you know what, this doesn't add up. You're not making sense and you don't get to do this anymore. You don't run the show. And your message, because it's touchy-feely and it makes somebody feel good, we need to stop feeling good and start looking at stuff and really analyzing what it means, Because if we don't, we're in dire straits. Um, That's my message for the night. So um, you guys, you have to stand up. You know, don't fight anybody, but you need to stand up, make your voice be heard. And like people in Eugene are doing, I'm so proud of you guys, 7,400 signatures in a week. Eugene City Council, you're going to have to vote on that thing. And maybe you guys ought to jump down off your big, arrogant little pie horse and start representing people rather than indoctrinating them. Maybe they don't want your no natural gas attitude. Maybe they want, you're supposed to be doing what they want you to do, not you being the moralistic giant and, uh, and trying to create a better world at the expense of your entire community. Shame on you. Anyway. That's it for tonight. I got one more little commercial. This really helped me. Um, Dr. Bratlin had me talk to his hygienist about how to brush, and it's changed the way I brush my teeth. I'm going to run this, leave it here, share this on your page, because I am definitely not putting this on Facebook. They already hate me, and, um, we're, and we're trying to do less business with them. We don't like people that hate. I'm against haters and hate speech from Facebook when they send me messages lying about what I did. I'm against that. I can't partner with that anymore. Joining me now is Liz Maxson. She's a dental hygienist for Dr. Bratlin at Chris Dental Family Dentistry and Denture Center. What are the three top issues you see um, that people could, that we could easily stop doing um, that would help with our dental hygiene?
1: Most of the time we brush too quickly. So I would say, Not brushing long enough, but brushing too fast is probably the number one issue I see because when we brush too fast, we don't really have enough time. The brush doesn't have enough time to get in there and clean all of those surfaces really well. I I like to tell patients that it should almost be kind of relaxing. It's almost like a meditative thing, you know? We should really be slowing down, taking our time, starting on one side and very slowly working our way to the other side.